I hope you're listening to this while you're editing, Thomas. You do this to us every week. You could have waited five minutes. Oh, you're killing us. You're killing us. You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 71, recorded August 12th, 2017. Today we talk about web development trends in 2018, Yoda conditions, insightful postmortems, and a whole lot more. Here we go. Pico Electronics and General Instruments decided to do their first collaboration together. And when they did that, what they decided to do was to squeeze 2,300 transistors of a 4-bit MPU into a 16-pin package. I think I said all that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. This would inc- this would create Intel's 4004, which is recognized, although some would say arguably, as the world's first microprocessor. The year was 1971, and this is episode 71 of PHP Ugly. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> Thomas, uh, John, uh, how's it Eric, going? It's going well. I love these intros. They make me laugh. Uh, Side note. Someone has to. Side note, the earth is covered, 71% of the earth is covered in water. That was the other thing I had to go with, so. That one was shorter. You should have gone with that one. Well, see, I have this issue. I've done years, I think like the last three or four have been years now, and I gotta get off the year thing. I like it better when they're not years, but years are easy, so. Yeah. Uh, Except for the teenage years. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Getting back on schedule, kind of. We're not recording Thursday, it's Saturday, but eh, getting there. That's because someone was sick on Thursday. Had no voice. I was so (laughs) sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I physically could not record on Thursday. That was was, uh, entertaining to my family. So I I got to be sick. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'd gotten sick Thomas uh, Wednesday night, and I'm one of these guys who, like, has a record of how long he hasn't thrown up. I, like, I f- I'm a worse thrower-upper in the world. I'm, really? I'm like, wailing around, and I when I puke, it's, it's unpleasant to my family, my neighbors, and anybody else around it's unple- me. It's unpleasant listening to it right now, just so you know. Yeah, dog loves it, though. <laughs> So, unfortunately, I ended up in that state Wednesday night. And come Thursday, although I was, I was, or, yeah, Wednesday morning. Yeah, it was Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Sick all day Wednesday. I'm like, I slept through Wednesday. Thursday, I'm feeling better. I'm like 80%. But my voice is completely gone. And I I had no indication that my voice was gone until my wife asked me in the morning, are you feeling better? I'm like, I was like, what the hell was that? And I keep trying to clear my throat, and all day long, all day long, I'm talking talking like that. It was horrible. He showed up to Holy Crepe, our little co-working thing. <clears throat> it was just the funniest thing. It was, we're trying to get him to talk just to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, recording Thursday was just not an option for me, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fine. I was <clears throat> fighting with children anyways. <laughs> And you know, fun. school's starting back up soon. Yeah. And I could not be more excited. 
<laughs> How do your kids like in school in Colorado? I don't care. <laughs> They're just out of the house. Yeah. I think they like it. I mean, it's we, we moved here specifically for the school district, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so far it seems to be pretty good. But, you know, they're, they're teenagers. Nothing is enjoyable. Nothing is acceptable. No. It's, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Glad I don't have yeah. to deal with that yet. Not oh, but you will. Yeah. See, this is, this is why I made you stop at two. Because <laughs> you had so much say in it. Well, I said a lot. I, I did say over and over and over again, you better fucking stop right now. And what was weird is like when you were in the bedroom with them and saying it, that was like you know, that was like a line you crossed there, buddy. Wow. No wonder we can't have a third. Thomas keeps showing up in our bedroom. <laughs> I am the third, baby. Oh, man. So you want to hear something silly that happened to me this week? Absolutely. Of course. I... I've gotten, because of my position, and because of the Missionary. projects that they will work with, I'm I'm not I'm not constantly coding, um, for better or for worse. Some some may say for better, <laughs> I say for worse, <laughs> but uh, but I have ended up in a position now where one of our clients is really pushing all these proof of concept uh, projects where. They just want us to spin up a proof of concept. Let me see what this looks like, and I'll make a decision on if I want to invest more time into it. That's cool. So I've been kind of tasked with this proof of concept, these proof, proof of concept projects, which I enjoy. I mean, they're like, they have me coding stuff that I never thought I'd be coding and solving problems I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into. So I like it. The problem is, is I've, I've gotten to a point where I've got like several, uh, applications i'm working on at a time at you know almost the same time so i'll have the editor open to several projects then on top of that i'm working with the team on coding as well and this week i'm sitting there coding and uh i was working with the team on a specific pro- problem and i was uh you know talking about uuids and how they're my new favorite thing and i want them added to this project and so I got the bright idea that I was going to go ahead and add the UUID myself. And I'll just commit it back so that the developer didn't have to worry about doing it. Because there's a few things you got to do. you got to pull in the package. You've got you to add an alias. You actually don't have to add a service provider. You just have to add an alias. There's some traits you can create uh, to make um, you know, creating the UUID easier. So I go through all these steps. I've done it several times now, so I kind of know where everything is and how to do it. And I, and I fire it up, and then I go to add it to one of the models, <laughs> and I'm like, what are these models this guy has? I'm like, these these models aren't making sense at all. Why why, is he, why does he have this model? I was in a completely different project. <laughs> so like now that project... Now that project has UUIDs. <laughs> it was a, were, you, were you talking about yourself, though? That's the bigger question. It was one of your POC projects? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I actually I actually added it to the LPR project, which has absolutely no need for the UUIDs. I have I was... no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so, so one of the POC projects I'm working on, which is which is a blast. I'm enjoying this is I'm actually working with um, 
a couple of things, uh, Google Vision being one of them, where it's the photo recognition. So one of our clients, yeah, not hot dog. One of our clients, you know, they want us to POC what information they can get back from photo recognition, and it's and they're looking for some specific information and specific situations, and so I'm I'm POCing this stuff together. And that Google Vision, first thing, the APIs are ridiculous and what you can do with it. I mean, you can throw faces at it and it'll give you like um, an idea of, you know, is the person happy? Are they un- unhappy? What, you know, all these different factors. And so I've been playing with this Google Vision now for about a week and a half. <laughs> and it's just, I, yeah, I just, I just do some, a couple lines of code. Then I start uploading a bunch of pictures just to see what it tells me about it. Google Usually Vision is fun. <laughs> it's fun and it's scary, man. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm like, like I can see a mob boss hiring a a coder to to do something with his Google Vision. Say, hey, when I talk to somebody in my restaurant, I want to know, you know, who they are. If they're lying to me, you know, try to see if you can figure out if they're a Fed or not. And I mean, the power that we have now just through a lot of these public APIs and like you're not even paying for anything. You're just using these APIs. It's insane. It's just insane. Yeah. It's totally terrifying. I'm, I I swear to God, I actually looked into uh, the, the facial recognition uh, countering makeup and stuff like that recently. Really? Yeah, man. You know, I can kind of, I can kind of see that now. Yeah, <laughs> after what I could, I figured out what I could do with with some of the APIs out there. I kind of understand that. Yeah, and then just take it the next level. You know, in a situation where a company like Target has these high definition cameras installed that mm-hmm. can observe every single thing, hook that into IBM's Watson to do shopping and brain favoritism analysis and then pipe that into whatever Facebook analysis you want. And all of a sudden your you cashier know. is offering you some product and you're like, why are you offering? Yes, I'll take that. But why are you <laughs> offering that to me? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, when you go to pick up the target card, uh, uh, the, you know, targets branded credit card at the entrance, the APR is based off of your behavior in the store or what they found out about you while you were walking around and, and I mean, these aren't theoreticals. These are things that are actually happening. Yeah, yeah. But you know, only because I pay attention. And... and and that's that's just facial recognition. I I have long. The, the, this is the this is the tinfoil hat person in me. I have long suspected and had long kind of had the idea of doing it myself. Of these stores and especially like restaurants, basically bugging the place. Like that 360 camera I got for um, the Samsung 360 I, I used to broadcast the other day, the mic on that thing is so ridiculously sensitive. Uh, when we we set it up at uh, the Holy Crepes place that where we co-work at, and I had it over by the kitchen where the guy makes the crepes, and I could hear the conversation our our guys were having uh, at the table they were sitting at. And so yeah. I've always kind of thought, it's like, I bet you restaurants do that all the time. Like, they want to hear, A, what people are saying about about the restaurant, but B, that's where deals are happening. That's where, if I was a bigwig who owned one of these, like, like if I was a Trump-level person who had Trump restaurants, and I knew, like, these big Wall Street people were going there 
you know, eating and drinking, why wouldn't I listen to their conversation? You know, get a little inside scoop here and there. I, I, I've, I've thought that for a while. Well, and, and my point has always been, remember that corporations are legally required to act in the investor's best interest against the interest of the public. It's literally act. illegal to act in the interest of the public at the expense of the investors. That's a different statement, but yes. <laughs> yes, but I mean, it puts, it puts corporations in the position where if the technology is available and profitable, they are required to do it, and that is terrifying mm. to me. Required? Yeah, not necessarily. No, it gets really damn close. Uh, I think you're stretching it there. Yeah, just a a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Good old doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. You, I I bet you. He's trying to get the masses riled up against corporations. (laughs) I am. I always, I always. I'm fine with it. It's just the way you're doing it's funny. You heard about people messing with auto, um, automatic driving cars now, self-driving cars? No. It, it, I, I mean, yeah, no, no more than, than... You're talking about the hacking stuff that they, they do? No. This is just people putting like a black sticker on a stop sign. A self-driving car will just drive through it. Won't see it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to put it over the stop? They just put nope. a black sticker? <laughs> it's, nope. You just have to make it look like not a stop sign to an algorithm which means very very little modification really yeah no i have not heard of that (laughs) it's it's not good (laughs) yeah that's that is scary what have you guys been up to in in that case you start thinking about just you know rural rural places where the stop signs are dirty and you can't see them anyway yeah yeah well that's see it's 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 similar to the facial recognition makeup stuff where it has to it has to be something intended to disrupt. So just a dirty sign won't do it because dirt is somewhat uniform in its in so its behavior. What does um, facial recognition make up? What does that do? It just makes it so that it's unable to identify where your eye is on your face and if that's a face at all and you start having like stripes down your across your eye yeah. and nose. Exactly. I've 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 often <laughs> thought your face looks like ass, Thomas. Oh, <laughs> He, he's painting like he's face. painting an eyeball on his cheek, so you can't really tell where the eyes are. No, that's a, a lot of uh, non-symmetrical lines drawn on the face. So you you can physically see like if you were wearing it right now, could I see the lines, or is it just something? Oh like yeah, a, a camera would. Pick oh up? no, I I would look like uh, David Bowie. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, oh, you'd walk around looking like David Bowie then. That's, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay, right. it's funny because. In all the futuristic uh, movies and TV shows, people wear makeup like that. Maybe, maybe that's well, why. That's why. That that is yeah. why. Because futurists have been discussing this for a long time, and you know, one of the hallmarks of of cyberpunk style stories is trying to subvert being auto detected and marketed to. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Fun stuff, Mister Doing yeah. Bloom. You, you, man, we have got to work on your uh, outlook on life because you're just. <laughs> you bring the so show I watched the watched a new movie. What's all movie called? Hacker. Hacker. Have, have you guys seen Hacker yet? Hacker, the singular. Hack, hacker. Yeah, the singular. Yeah. Pretty good movie. Not. Check it out. Check it out. I, I thought. I, so I, I was. I was going down the rabbit hole trying to find that German movie again, the No System Safe. I was, 
I was looking for that one again. I'm having trouble finding it now. But uh, I kept stumbling across this Hacker movie, which is on... I mean, it's on, like, all the major... like I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon. I saw it on one of the major uh, streamers. I think it's even... even might even be on Hulu. I'm not sure. But it's it's decent. I mean, it does a pretty good job at kind of capturing that whole underground... It, it was more of the criminal uh, aspect of... Um, hacking and and taking people's money and kind of some of the scams that people pull um i thought it was good oh speaking of that man you want to hear something weird um so last week you know i let you guys know my my dad passed away so we're you know we're dealing with all that stuff uh had to write my an obituary for my dad which was a really weird feeling dude i mean it's just it was bizarre but i had somebody call me and they said that they were a creditor who needed to uh, reconcile an account with the estate of my dad. And if I was uh, authorized to handle the, the estate, I'm like, yes. You know, my my mother and my sister and myself are all sharing that responsibility. What's your, what's your claim? What are you saying? And like, well, we need to validate that you're, you're, you're the right person. What was your dad's date of birth? So I give him the date of birth, and he's like, well, it's public record. It, it's, it'll, it will literally be in the obituary. Okay. Uh, they, but uh, they, uh, they said, well, that doesn't match our record. We need his last four of his social. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting his last four of his social. Who are you? They're like, I'm not authorized to tell you until we validate your identity. I have I'm like, well, I'm not authorized to right tell now. you. Huh? I have the same problem right now. Do tell. Would, would I, I not am... give you my dad's last four? Was it you calling me? <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm having a really hard time scamming this one guy. He just won't <laughs> give me the last four. No, I keep getting a call from a creditor, and they keep saying, well, we need to validate who you are, and I, and we need the last four of your social. And I'm like, well, you're calling me, mm-hmm. so... What what is this? Who is this? Well, we can't tell you who this is until we validate your information. I'm like, then you're never going to collect from me, right? And this is I'm what I told him. I'm like, you... I, I I told him I'm like, I can't give you any more information until I validate who you are, right? And he's like, huh, I guess we're at a standoff. I'm like, huh, like I guess so. Yeah, that we absolutely are. And this and this collections agency keeps calling me. They keep trying. And every time, it's the same thing. Every time, well, can we validate you with the last four of your social? No, you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> what are you calling about? Uh, I'm afraid I can't tell you. Well, I'm afraid you're going to get stiffed on that bill then. Yeah. Exactly. You tell so, me who you're calling from, I'll look up the number and call back myself. It's the only exactly. way to do it. Yeah. 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 I hate people. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan either. <laughs> I had a pretty crappy week myself. Oh, no. I, uh, well, I know your children are yeah. sick. What else is going on? Well, there's that. Yeah. Both kids being sick tonight sucks. They've caught um, the wave. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, Zing! I've, I had a, a. For one of our clients, I had a big project that I worked on, basically rewriting their entire advanced search. And they, they put it into beta and moved a couple hundred users over to it. And it seemed to be so successful. Everything was fine that they, they launched it into production and just problem after problem after problem to where they, 
almost lost a huge deal because of it and it just it made for a really crappy day when when things just don't go right so we ended up having to revert that in production which is never fun oh then the next day uh for one of the for lack of better wording it's a microservice they i needed to upgrade an ssl certificate and it's using OpenFire, uh, basically a, a Jabber server. And through the UI, I upload the certificate. And as soon as I hit send, I'm like, I probably should wait till after hours. But it, it took it and it said, hey, you've updated the certificate. You need to restart. I'm like, okay, I won't restart till after hours. Walk away for a few minutes, come back to a bunch of mes- messages of nobody can connect to, to this thing. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean nobody can connect? I didn't change anything. And luckily I read the error message, which most people don't seem to do for some reason. And it said it could not connect. It said nothing about the the certificate, right? So I go into the UI. I'm looking at at the settings. I try telnetting to the port. The port is not accepting connections. I'm like, that makes no sense. Nothing has changed. And in the UI, the that section said it was disabled. All I did was enable it, which I never went to that page, enabled it, resaved, everything worked again. <laughs> so frustrating. I have no clue how that got disabled. I love I love a, when that's what you a, have to tell your, your bosses. Is, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I, I, I literally now. didn't go to the page and it changed. I don't know what to say. It sucked. Just a bad week when those two things happened back to back. It's like, Hey, I almost lost you like a, a few grand a month. That sucks. I've had I've had a worse week. Oh man. Oh, what? Doom and gloom? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working with files. Yes. You guys, do you guys ever deal with files and file systems? Yes. I, re- I remember files. Yeah, just the worst. Yes. Uh, and because this is a multi-server distributed environment. The files can't be hosted on the local machine because they get processed by other machines, or you could be on a different machine just by refreshing the page. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. get uploaded to Rackspace, which sucks, and and it just gets worse from there. And uh, it's—I mean, it's yeah. literally—it's—it's it's just one program. It's just a thousand lines, but it's taken the entire week to just do small tweaks on it because of how crappy dealing with file systems is. Are you like using, it, um, is this a Laravel app? Are you using Fly System? I am. Yeah? St- yeah. You're still having these struggles, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Fly System is just a, a wrapper. It really doesn't provide a whole lot as far as fixing the problems that exist when you're dealing with fly, with file systems. Like uh, moving a file to a directory. If the directory doesn't exist, then you're dead in the water. You get a fatal error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which It's like, well, could you add the tag on there to make sure it forces creation of the directory no can't do that no you could do it you could do what one of our clients does and nfs mount all the places that are shared it drives me fucking nuts <laughs> it's so bad yeah so, the, the worst part is the, the nfs mounted file system some of the files are in git and some aren't it just makes it for Ooh. makes a nightmare for managing it yeah, yeah. so I mean, like, it wouldn't be such a bad thing, except that it's it literally took 40 hours to just do some small directory renames, because dealing with files is the worst. 
I don't know that's so much I don't know that that's worse than almost losing a client a few thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I guess that's not as bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my experience with... my experience was worse for me than your experience was for me. That works. <laughs> we we stumbled across some fun code this week though. We we, oh, yeah? we have a lot of legacy code we deal with on on one of the clients and one of these one of these uh, code bases really isn't that legacy. It, it's an old, it's a Laravel app. I think it's a four Laravel four app. I, I don't even think it's a five app, but it's it's a Laravel app. It's, <laughs> it's it's legacy in the sense that it was written to try and bring legacy code into it, and not mm. done very well. Mm-hmm. By yeah, by somebody who really wasn't familiar with how to do things the Laravel way or. He, they were they were just kind of hacking through this, and they 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 go through these different steps where he's dealing with a timestamp, and uh, timestamps are are just a big issue um, with this In client general. because of the, the nature of of the product, and so timestamps are very important. But he does this thing where he pulls in this timestamp, he he makes sure it's, uh, he he it's. It's uh, set to uh, Los Angeles, so he sets it to UTC. Then he sets it back to Los Angeles, only to set it back to UTC. And he just keeps setting, resetting the, the zone on on this timestamp without ever even using it. And it's just like the weirdest thing. It's like, what is this person uh... doing? It's so bizarre, man. It's bizarre code. To be fair, I've had times where like bad code has just stacked up or piled up i guess mm-hmm. where i've done something and just tried to fix it again and then tried to fix it again and it just it just ends up that's probably exactly what what was happening here like he tried to fit he he fixed it and then he's working on something else he goes oh no i was expecting this to be utc and then so he goes and does another <laughs> fix and uh, yeah, man, so much fun to deal with. And unfortunately, the developer who's working with it now is not a PHP developer. So he's like looking through the code. I mean, he's he's a developer. He's a really good developer, actually. So he's kind of he understands PHP and he's looking through the code. He's like calls me over. He goes, Eric, man, this just doesn't make sense because if I didn't know better, it looks like he's just ping ponging back and forth on the time zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, that's that's right, David. Good good eye. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice catch. All right, so so Tom, before we move on, I got a question for you. Fire um, away. So again, dealing with legacy, a legacy database. The the table oh. names all uh, camel case. If camel you had case. A, it, yeah, yeah. If you had a if you had a user client table, which is just a pivot table, then there's going to be an ID in there of user client underscore ID. Okay, so gotcha. Imagine a, a a database with five hundred of these tables. You now have Laravel in the mix, and you're going to create a new feature with new tables. Do you a keep the camel case table name for uniformity, and what do you do with the ID? Do you keep the table name underscore ID, or do you go with the just having an ID column? I. I tell you, I, I propose just repairing the bad structure of the database to the client. Mm-hmm. And if they oh, say that, too much time, uh, if they say no. don't do it, then I keep the same standard so that you can script it in the future. 
it it's well i don't even think it's so much a scripting thing sure it, oh yeah no if you if you wrote a nice script to parse your mysql dump and then just dump it back out as a fresh new properly named database too many, but you I still mean, have all your you're code deal, you're dealing with legacy code that doing tons of raw sql fix that too <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was uh, that easy, John. Yeah, I I, just, done that to just fix it. I, I, I might as well just rewrite the system in that case. I think if you've got one database, then you have one schema, um, theoretical schema. You need to stick to it. You you don't. Okay, so my I went the other way. I'm like, well. This legacy code base is the past. We're moving forward with, with Laravel. So we have this clear delineation of we know where things stopped and or started and didn't. I would make that clear delineation a new database. Hmm. <sighs> bad, I would say it? that this is, this is the legacy database. It keeps its legacy naming. And we slowly move over to a whole new database that gets the correct naming schema. So then you're but hitting, I would you're hitting two different them. databases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, I would isolate them. If you can. It's because uh, you don't get to can. have... Well, you don't get to have relationship keys between two databases like that. Yeah, or, it's... well, maybe you do. No, you might actually be able to with the current version well, of SQL. But I don't think either, that's an issue. The rest of the database has absolutely zero foreign keys, which drives me absolutely nice. nuts. Nice. I hate I hate it. You know what drives me nuts? Editing fidget spinners out of audio podcasts. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to name things sense. that drive us nuts, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would have a new database for the new format if I was going to try and push <sighs> the format. But it doesn't really Damn it, matter. Thomas, that's a good idea. No, you know that way. I, that way, when the next contractor comes along after you guys, they can go, "What the hell is this?" Hey, shh. no, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford to go anywhere, Thomas. Shut up. <laughs> losing contracts left and right. Right, man, not losing them, finishing them off. We're finishing yeah. up contracts left and right. We had. Uh, That's we not had, what uh, you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. We were working on. It's funny. We were working on one contract and got an email from the person who I guess had moved on. They said, Oh yeah, I'm not with that company anymore, but you know, I've been CEO of four or six other startups. So it's only a matter of time. I'll reach back out to you guys. I'm like, why do you wear that as a badge? You were CEO of six startups. It's you're not 95 years old. That's not a good record in my book, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I have. I tell you, that's... I have been fired from top companies. I think. I think CEOs wear it as a badge, though. If they were successful, they move on. You think CEOs are weird in, in start in startup worlds? Yeah, I don't. They don't necessarily unless right. it was their baby, like a Mark Zuckerberg. That's his baby. He's going to stay with it. But mm. a lot of companies that they get started, they bring on somebody to run the company that person yeah. makes it makes it successful and then moves on good point 
I mean, he he did he did go on to say, "I've been CEO of six startups, and no federal charges startups. have stuck yet." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it was a bad. Uh, yeah, thing. perhaps perhaps you're right. I don't know. I I thought it was weird. It's like yeah, so you know, six companies didn't want you running their company anymore. Okay, or he or he's or they they sold. Maybe they maybe they got bought out and he moved on. Kind of hard to be CEO. You're, you're, you're always glass half full. I see you, this. My life is so such conflict. I got doom and gloom over here, and then the other side, I got bright and shiny John Congdon. You know, everything is good. They're good people. Everybody's good. You got to have well, Frank to balance it out. I don't want him to. I don't want him to be listening to me. Like I'm not gonna do work with him. <laughs> 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 it's okay. Nobody listens to our podcast. That's not true. We have new friends. We do. We do. Who's our new friends? Devron Baldwin. Dev, what are you talking about? On Twitter, we get what? people on Twitter now. We got tweets oh. this week. Did we? We did. De- Devron was uh, laughing about our pronunciation of Spatty. Spatty last week. Spatty. <laughs> yeah. Spotty. Spatty. Spatty. Spotty. <laughs> We still don't know, and and um, uh, Freak Vanderhurten hasn't reached out to us to give us the proper pronunciation. So friend friend of the show, Freak Vanderhurten. Friend of the show, Freak Vanderhurten. Yeah. yeah, we actually had a listener make him listen to our podcast to to laugh with him. <laughs> and and did you see uh, Jonathan uh, well, Jonathan Wheaton? He he's now he 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 now wears the friend of the show uh, badge proudly. I am so last week. I am so glad to hear that. Although I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a bummer for his his social status to put that publicly. Holy cow! Yeah, freak responded to us. I didn't even see any of this. You, you, he says God, we currently have three back end developers. The third one started only a couple of days ago. This was uh, because of John and I's conversation. I was telling him that I thought they had fewer developers. Than we had, and was doing way more than we were doing. Way more. <laughs> They're far more successful than us. <laughs> was, yeah, exactly. They're so much more successful than we are with so fewer people. What the hell? It's that San Diego lifestyle. Mm. All you guys do is bask in the sun and surf. I thought I was paying somebody to watch our social feed. Nobody told me any of this stuff. That is who, too funny. Who are you paying? Somebody. All is right. it your daughter? It is your daughter, isn't it? It may be. May, <laughs> might, might be. Might not be. I don't know. I'm not supposed to call her out as his daughter. It's... <laughs> Although... Our social media, it, social media I manager. I don't think I shared it on the show, but we got called out by a client. Uh, I go, go to a client meeting, and I, I don't make it a secret. I mean, if anybody wants to know, they, they, they know she's my daughter. And if you see her with me, you kind of know she's my daughter. But yeah, uh, that, that look that teenagers have with their dads is very identifiable. Especially when they're hugging to... them and, and, and oh. putting their arms around it, them. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't happen. But we we went to a client meeting. I had had her actually. The she was the the subject of the client meeting, but the client kind of called me out and said, "So you had to hire your daughter to get a woman to work for you." Oh, I'm like oh. I was I was kind of hurt and I didn't know how to respond. And my daughter, God bless her soul, 
stepped right up. She goes, well, no, actually, I'm not the first woman working at Diego Dev. Not only am I not the first, but you know, there, you know, there, there were, there were, would have been others, but there's another, you know, female who works on another project, and uh, you know, another one had been offered, and I mean, she, she totally defended it, and and rightfully, I mean, she, she gave accurate information the whole way through, but I'm like. Thank you for answering that, because I would look like a jerk if I had answered that one. <laughs> and, and, and it's it kind of been... a good thing, because in the client's mind, they're our only client. And so they know who they work with on their project, and she knew she wasn't working with any female developers. So she made the assumption we didn't have female developers, and she didn't take into account that we have other clients and other developers who work with those clients. So, yeah. It would have been much funnier if you had interrupted her and just said, Honey, 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 please let daddy explain this. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fantastic. Why didn't I think of that? Damn it. Because you're a good person. Good people aren't supposed to immediately think of the most offensive thing they could do. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. I'll I'll, I'll explain it. The men are talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My goodness. Okay. Do we want to start going through some some news here? Where we? I'd love to. Forty minutes in. Can I? All right. Can I kick this off? I want to kick this off with sure with the PHP ugly coverage of the latest chat app. Oh my goodness! (laughs) We had a little bit of a run of chat apps. It's been a while since we've had a new chat app, so yeah, we've let's got do a, this. Yeah, YouTube is now adding a chat system to its mobile application. Uh, this is not a sharing system. This is just a straight up chatting while you're on YouTube system because God knows there aren't enough chat apps out there. So this is different than the ch- chatting you get when watching a video. Comments. Correct. This is person to person chatting. It. Interesting. It looks exactly like a chat system should or does in a billion different instances. <laughs> it's group chat where you can just attach a YouTube video within the chat. and <sighs> Like I said, Google doesn't have enough messaging apps as it is. Right. <laughs> so I was, I was, I'm really excited that there's a new messaging platform out there because... God knows there's not enough. Discord is adding video and screen sharing to its now, application. Discord keeps, keeps... See, I think that's going to be a move to get into companies. That that screen sharing piece that that was missing. Yeah. Although Slack went a long, long time without screen sharing. But I, I'm hearing Discord come up more and more. When we were working with a client and kind of leading him down the path of Slack at the time... Um, Discord, he had heard about Discord. Oops. And, you know, from his son, who's a gamer, is like, no, Dad, you guys should be looking at Discord. And for whatever reason, uh, they, they um, you know, he, he, like, latched onto it. He's like, no, I like the Slack idea, but let's look at Discord. And Discord didn't have all the features that Slack had at the time. But, man, are they making progress on that i mean apis into discord and the cost is very competitive but it's but it's meant for gamers not general use well originally 
originally it, it, that was the target were, were gamers, but I think they're coming to the realization of, hey, there's no reason why you know we can't market to businesses, and they're starting to set that up with the with the screen sharing and you know some of these other features that they're coming out with. I think that's what they're starting to target. I, I think the thing to pay attention to with Discord is when they change their logo. Because right now their logo is basically an Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller. Mm -hmm. And when they decide that they need a new logo that isn't video game centric, that's that's something to look for. But I'll tell you what, looking at discordapp.com, the home page says it's time to ditch Skype and TeamSpeak. Mm -hmm. So they're they're not i mean they're showing gamers stuff here but they're not saying just for gamers yeah oh wait yeah, i think you're right. that's, that's... they do right no they do right there <laughs> oh they do say for gamers all in one voice and text chat for gamers but i think you're right though thomas i think that's a good observation to watch the those little marketing cues logo change that word gamer dropping from more and more of the marketing content Context and I think you're right. I, I I think I think probably within the next six to twelve months, we're, we're going to see a big push yeah. from Discord to get into the the regular business world. Voice chat that doesn't slow down your game. Yeah, my yeah, game, it's all my pretty, game can't pretty be slowed focused down. on game right now. So, all right, Eric, what's all this valet stuff? All right. So let's talk about Valet for a little bit. Let's talk about some development. I told you a while back that, you know, when I was doing the Docker thing, I ended up landing back onto Valet uh, for a lot of my development, and I still use it today. I like Valet a lot. Um, Valet just came out with a uh, update, so it's like Valet 2.0.5. Um, not a whole lot in this update. Uh, drivers for Cake PHP, which is funny because... I, I I noticed when I spun up a Cake PHP app that my Valet wouldn't work. I'm like, man, I guess I need to write a driver for this. And drivers writing drivers for Valet isn't that difficult. I just I never gotten back around to it. Uh, it added some support for Craft. It added some support for PHP 7.2. But what was glaringly missing from this release was the ability to switch the version of PHP you're using. This is like one of the most requested features of Valet. And uh, it's actually a pull request I personally have worked on. I, I even have an open pull request in the Valley repo, unless they closed it, and I'm not aware of it, uh, where I hacked together a way to switch uh, PHP versions. Um, never got accepted, never got pulled in. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of interest in addressing this this feature. So there's that, right? Well, lo and behold... Not long after that announcement comes out, I see an announcement for Valet Plus. I'm like, Valet Plus? What the hell is this? Apparently, somebody's now forked Valet and started to add all these features that have been, you know, polluting the Valet repo that just don't seem to be getting addressed. Our, you know, our pull requests aren't being accepted. And to, on top of that list is PHP version switching. So this with this Valet Plus, now I haven't installed Valet Plus yet, um, but with this Valet Plus, it has a lot of features that are kind of missing from the original Valet. Uh, Redis, Elasticsearch. 
I mean, all those things that they mention, it's like, okay, you know, the way Valet works, everything is system installed anyway. So I'm not sure what, when they say MySQL, Redis, Elasticsearch, I'm not really sure what they're referring to because it's it's using your system resources. So yeah, you, know, you can install whatever you want on your system. But the <laughs> PHP version switching is is very appealing. Maybe so, it makes installation of those services easier, so you don't have to think about it. Yeah, maybe through the Valley install. I mean, the, so yeah. the Valley install, and the reason why it's tied to Mac so tightly is because it just uses Brew. So it just does Ugh. a Brew install of all these services. Um, Mac people. Yeah, so it's... But you may you may be correct there. And I do see that there are some Valley commands now. So you can do like a Valley dbls valet db create to create a database so i like this they, they valet, some work into this valet x debug to turn x debug on or off yeah yeah that's another another option i'm not sure in a development environment why you would turn it off but okay that's a performance hit if you don't need it yeah that's true um, so but there's like valet valet use 5.6 valet use 7.0 I'm curious to uh, give this a try. I'm really curious to give this a try, because um, it is it, it is addressing a couple of pain points. Uh, that PHP switching is a big one, but so so there's those things are happening in the valet world, which again valet Mac only, um, and it's using your system system resources, which isn't a bad thing. It makes it very fast and. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Uh, actually, no space. I mean, I think the Valet install is, is megabytes big. So, But before Valet, especially in the Laravel world, everybody used Homestead. And um, we meant... Um, was it Joe Ferguson that does Homestead, John, at PHP Tech? Yeah. I think it was Joe, right? Yeah. Yep. So they just, re- they just released uh, Homestead version 6. And again, the thing that caught my eye on this one is that you can define PH, specific PHP versions per site, which I'm not sure in my head how that's working because PHP one FPM. Homest- you can run multiple FPM instances really? at, at the same time. Yeah, because Nginx just connects to the FPM. That's true. So you can tell you can tell Nginx use FPM one, use FPM two, use FPM three. That's true. I bet you that's what they're doing. Oh, so now, yeah, so now in Homestead, each site you define can have a different version of PHP. Uh, you know, 5.6, 7.0, 7.1, which, again, in, in, in our world right now, in the PHP development world, that is so crucial. People are switching versions so quickly, and you, you're working in so many environments that have these mixed versions between five six and seven seven one, and at the seven two pace, is almost good to go. And at the pace that they're releasing PHP, this requirement of being able to identify different versions of PHP in your development environment isn't going to go away anytime soon. So, so I'm really just, happy to see this. So Homestead is just pre-installing all the versions for you, so you don't have to. Figure out how to install it in your VM. They're right. setting up the so the FPMs. Yeah. So Homestead again to, to bring everybody else up to speed is a vagrant box, so it's a complete VM. the The biggest downside with using Homestead is space. 
Um, if you're on a laptop or something, or you have limited space, uh, of vagrant stock and can have a tendency to, to eat that space up, but resources, uh, still a great intensive. solution. Yeah. This, this is true too. Yep. CPU memory intensive, but it's still, still a very valid, uh, valid solution for development. So, so yeah, that, that's my little rundown of new development environments. I'll tell you. It's a lot, lot of fun stuff going on out there. All right, who's next? Did we, did we do this one already? No. Sure. Read the title. Web, web development trends. Oh, in 2018. 2018. Oh. Looking forward. So, there's really only one thing on here that I was interested in, um, and it was progressive web applications. Have you guys seen this? Yes, I have, and I just listened to another podcast today about this. This is going to be the thing next year. Um, Don't be mistaken. If you don't know it, if you don't learn it now, you're going to be behind the curve because this is what people are going to be asking for. And this is a method for basically offlining websites as apps on mobile devices. Um, I'm not getting into it yet. Isn't it also having websites like the the mobile device application and the website be the same thing? Essentially, yeah. Right. Um, it's basically making your your website do work on the bare minimum browser, and then as the capabilities increase, you increase what your web app can do. Right. right. It's it it is a lot of things. It's not again. This is you know trends of next year so it's not currently the biggest thing out there um but uh, there's a quote here that says the e-commerce website flipkart experienced a 70 percent increase in conversions and tripled the time spent on their site after launching the pwa version of their site which holy shit 70 percent that's huge is huge Mm -hmm. that's unbelievably huge um it is, however, device-specific. Uh, fewer features on iOS than on Android platforms. But things are going to change. And I think, uh, yeah, if you're in the tech world, learning PWAs is going to be an important thing very soon. Hmm. Um, I agree. It, it's funny. Then, they also make a mention of Laravel on here, too, huh? Yeah. I, I think uh, the large... The community at large is starting to recognize Laravel as the really dominant platform for PHP development. You know what I don't see on here? Let me just do a quick search here. Just make sure I'm not missing it. Yeah, I don't see... I don't see GraphQL on here. Do you, are you guys familiar with GraphQL? Uh, no. I think that that is the... That, to me, has a ton of interesting things about it so graphql i i i know facebook is one of the big big things behind it but what graphql does is um my understanding of it right now is that it basically eliminates api endpoints like there are no api endpoints the the graph the graphql knows the data and knows the application so you have one endpoint now the graphql endpoint and you ask it for the data you want to see. And there's formats to ask for that data. So there's not an endpoint for for users and an endpoint for 
for classes. There's just an endpoint that you can ask for users and ask for classes. Hey, GraphQL, can I have Eric's dad's last four of his social? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Beautiful. The idea is that, uh, yeah, you know, you, you don't, you don't spend this development time. Um, so it's, I'm super, super, I do a lot of API stuff. So this, this is really interesting to me. And I, I, I've been meaning to to dive a little deeper into it and I haven't had the opportunity. Um, so I'm kind of surprised not see it, not on this list. Maybe it's not as big of a thing as I am anticipating it becoming, but I, I yeah. thought GraphQL is all about just relationships and nodes. I don't think managing so. like like who likes what no. and who's mm. connected to who. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, of um, a graph database is what you're thinking mm-hmm. of. It's oh, this like is... Node four J or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is different. This is not, but I, I, it might it might be the same premise. It might it might be that premise actually, where again it's it's kind of that the the GraphQL or the graph database understands all these relationships, and so you're not you don't have these endpoints. Um, so I don't like I said I haven't the GraphQL is like the marketing thing that that's being spoken a lot about now, and I haven't looked into it and seen. I don't. I don't know if there's a direct tie to a graph database or, or not, but I, it sounds to me very much along the same concept of the way you would query a graph database is how you query GraphQL. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Single page web apps, push notifications for websites. Uh, that's really yeah. Surprising. The rest Last of it's all. Email. Junk. Also, if you yeah. use push notifications on your website, screw you. Every notif- every every website I go to now, that little box pops up. Mm, we you, we would like permission to. Yeah, I like nope. nope. E- either notifications <laughs> or location. Every every damn site. Now. <laughs> every. I went. I went to I go look at tire prices, sites. and they wanted to get my location. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I did that when I at my last job ask for permission because but only when you went to the list of pro shops it was when i was at bowling so if you went to look for a pro shop in your area i'd ask for can i have your location so i could try and find the best location for you versus you having to type in your zip code right and what they end up getting is something that is less accurate than if you just typed in your zip code and more invasive than if they just asked for your zip code true <laughs> Good so place. You know, it's just unless unless of course it is really accurate, in which case then they have your cell phone GPS locations, and I don't want them having that anyways. <laughs> I think most developers are trying to do the best they can with that information. They're not trying, not trying to track you that way. But I, blah, I think blah, blah, most blah, developers, blah. given the option, wouldn't do it. I think most developers just sort of go, oh, yeah, it's invasive when it's done to me and I don't like it. I won't do it either. But they're yeah. told that they have to. Yeah. Now, I was trying new technology, but, again, that was back in 2010 when I was doing it. Yeah. When it came out, it was cool because you, you could get your friends around and say, look, it can figure out your location from your browser. And everyone went, ooh. <laughs> but, but now it's like, look, we can pinpoint you with a missile. <laughs> So 
So this this next story, I almost uh, I didn't put any cards on this week, but I almost put this one on. I remember reading I love it. This. I love this. So I started. It's why using Yoda conditions you should probably not be. Uh, the <laughs> so I started looking into to this Yoda conditions thing a, a while back. You know, there are articles coming out about it, and it made sense to me at the time. And the yeah, whole it point, makes sense. The whole point is, so Yoda conditions is when you're com- in a conditional, especially an if statement, if this variable equals a string, if you flip-flop that, if string equals variable, you are less likely to mess it up. Because if you did if dollar name equals John instead of equals equals, you are assigning, and that is completely legitimate at that point you're able to do it so by flip-flopping them you're not going to break it if you didn't mean to assign you you won't be assigning so now there's a new thing coming out you shouldn't be using them because when you get to this point you have to make a conscious decision to flip-flop it right Mm -hmm. it's already too late right you've already you've already learned how to code it's already part of you so now you have to retrain yourself to invert your format. Right. And if if you are stopping to do that, you're it doesn't matter. You you know at that point if you need a single equals or a double equals. Plus we should all be doing TDD. <laughs> <laughs> See now, but the the real argument for me is that there is there's a parse error generated if you use Yoda, if you use Yoda conditions, where it says you can't assign a value to a string. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the goal. The goal is to generate parse errors instead of compiling, you know, successfully compiling incorrect code. Mm-hmm. Um, but the example here of compile it, but yeah. Well, the parse error occurs on the compile, but. The example here is uh, in non-equals conditions, things like if 42 less than the variable force, mm-hmm. which that is a significant problem because now you are inverting logic of your operators, and that is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, maintaining operator logic is one of the most important things for readable code, and inverting it like that, making it not follow the way that things are read in English is very bad. And and the, this article makes the point that we write in English. You know, we're, we're using grammar and syntax that doesn't belong to English, but we're, we're using it in the English format for grammar. And the reason this is called Yoda Conditions is because when you read it out loud, it sounds like Yoda speaking. If Luke Skywalker equals this get name. You know, it doesn't fit the way that we speak. And the article basically states that any benefit that is gained from doing this conditional is lost in readability by everyone who reads the code. It is much, much worse off. So I, I, I totally adhere to this. I thought about Yoda conditions a lot a while ago and just never did it because it's something you have to train yourself to do. But after reading this, I don't think there's any reason to promote Yoda conditionals yeah, for yeah. anyone. The only reason to do it is if you do it without thinking. If you have to think to do it, then you're yeah. you're losing out anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have tests to run your code, it doesn't matter anyway. 
Yeah, and that's that's the point that he makes at the end is is hey yeah if you're really concerned about assignments in conditionals then just run a check for assignments in conditionals in your tests. It's really mm -hmm. easy to have a PHP MD that just checks for that one specific problem. And can I just say this is an evil looking Yoda? That's probably the well, it's evil, evil Yoda. Yoda. That's that's the dark side Yoda. That's the dark side Yoda. He looks dark yeah. side. He's got some acne issues too. He should really have looked at. I'm not sure there's warts on his forehead or normal. Even for do you guys Yoda. ever do? <laughs> you see, but you don't know. You're judging before <laughs> knowing, and that's I you're moving on. Frankly, racist. Did you just do a U-turn? Did you just call me a Yoda racist? <laughs> you, you are a Yoda racist. You provoked me. You provoked me into a U-turn. <laughs> The Banthas will hear about this, I tell you. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if that should worry me or not. I'm not even sure who they are. The Banthas are terrifying, yeah. Do you guys ever do postmortems? Unfortunately, yes. Yes. I never too often, ever thought about it at all. What? What? What do you do after I know you have an issue? Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's my 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 immediate reaction to a problem being resolved is I'm tired. <laughs> I was I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> you you never go back and evaluate what caused the issue, the core of the problem, and how you you know, can protect from it happening again in the future. I find I like to sleep to on things. I find that hard to believe. But go ahead. I, I've never thought of doing a postmortem as a group effort. I've always thought of a postmortem as as a, an unofficial postmortem. I've always thought of of things where like, oh, I screwed up the syntax here, and that's like the third time I've done it, and I'll get yelled at if it happens again. So I should probably make sure not to do that same thing again. Well, that but, is a postmortem. Yeah. Well, I see right. The, but I see I've never. I mean, I've I mean, never maybe, done an official postmortem where I've really this, this written might down... be this might be a real difference between um, uh, uh, working for a company and a company structure and being a consultant because in a company something to justify a postmortem would have to be pretty significant. Uh, I think when I worked at the Fortune 500 company I worked at, I was involved with two or three postmortems, and all three of them made the newspaper. So, but it wasn't, <laughs> it there wasn't, were, there were no survivors. It wasn't a regular occurrence. Now, within the last year with just like one client, I think I've been involved with two or three postmortems and granted much less significant issues, but justifiably so the client reached out to us and says, Hey, I want to do a postmortem on this. So I, I See, guess that's never occurred to me. That's now, interesting. Uh, see, I and I, I I saw this article and I started thinking because this article is just about how to do a good postmortem, you know, uh -huh. I, I, and it's got a list of how to do it and break things down correctly. But my interest in it was just that I'd never done one. Uh, so I've had let, let I've had situations where my boss said you fucked up, and I said yeah I fucked up, and then we shook hands and agreed that that same thing wasn't going to happen again. Oh, but that yeah. was quick and dirty and done. But here's yeah, but the your thing. boss is also a developer and understands the issues. 
Well, right. and then and then also the the boss that was just between you and your boss, and the rest of the team didn't get an opportunity to. Re- this this is the whole and learning that's from the, my, that's from the, mistakes. That's the problem I encountered is that I realized that in my position I'm a senior de- I'm the senior developer. I should be handing down postmortems to the junior developers and saying, yep. "Here's what I did and I screwed up. Here's the lesson to be learned." And it should be a scheduled thing like Fridays. Hey, Fridays are slow and awful anyways. What if we closed out the week by saying, "Here's what went wrong." And here's how we avoid it occurring in the future. It shouldn't be every week. Every week. Every week we're just going to do a post-mortem of where we well, fucked up. We have. We know it's happening. What we work on, what I work on, is a monolith. Yeah, and but, a, mo- but post, a monolith is going to have. Postmortems are typically reserved for impactful issues. So things that have, you know, potentially cost the company money, productivity. I mean, these little little things like, oh, yeah, I messed the syntax up on this, you know, this format that I keep screwing up. That's nah, not really a postmortem. That's just but uh, when you have learned. when you have ten developers working full time on a myriad of different projects within a monolith system, how do you properly evaluate when the company is losing money because the communication isn't good between the team? Well, I think establishing a postmortem conversation would improve the communication and save the company money. I think, I think I th- you're throwing I, around that word too much now. That, yeah, I, I would not call not that a, a postmortem. That, that's the end of like a scrum. If you're if you're doing scrum, yeah. you, you you get to the end of Ugh. that and you're like, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? But well, that's no more about do that. Yeah, that. That's more about your practices. A postmortem is, hey, we we screwed up billing, and we need to figure out one. The client wants to know why did, why was it screwed up, so we have to explain it. How how do we prevent it in the future? That's a postmortem. Okay, so then can it's, we name can we rename Scrum to something cooler then? Sure. What just, do you call it? just to get a uh, murder party. <laughs> that works. Whatever. But 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 general rule of thumb: you don't want to have to schedule postmortems. Like there shouldn't yeah. be a reoccurring <laughs> postmortem. <laughs> it's a very bad thing. You want uh, as few as possible. Rules were meant to be broken. All right, I did. I did miss a card here. I wanted to throw it out, and I'm not going to talk a lot about it. But uh, if you're interested, if you didn't uh, catch uh, Laracon, the uh, Laravel Conference, Laracon US, uh, Taylor's Taylor Otwell's keynote, I guess you can call it, uh, is now. That was at the end of the first day. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, is is now on video. Everybody, it's free to watch. You can go watch it. We'll have links in the in the show notes. And the rest of the conference uh, will be released. It just takes a, a long time. I mean, people who paid for it, I think, already have access and can, can see it. They won't release it to the public for for a while still. But Taylor's talk has been released. And again, we'll throw that in the show notes. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Groovy doovy. If we haven't already sold you on it, okay. I have to. I have to applaud you two. You guys did a fantastic job. We we made it through an entire show, and nobody talked about Bitcoin or blockchain. So good yeah. work. <laughs> oh wait a minute! There's one more card. It's it's okay. It's currently we're recording Saturday, August twelfth. Friggin' Bitcoin just uh, broke through four four thousand dollars a coin. Four thousand. Four thousand. Do you yeah, know what that and means? to be 
if you had bought your bitcoins when they were like a hundred dollars, even if when they were a hundred dollars a piece, and you bought like ten of them, you bought a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin. Man. Yeah, a hundred dollars seven years ago is now worth four point seven million. <laughs> if only you'd got in when it was there's, invented. There's no, no way you it. did that math correctly. That's one hundred percent true. You, you know, and you you opened the show by showing me your hardware wallet. So don't even act no, like before we were Thomas, recording. You didn't bring up Th- the blockchain, Thomas. We were leaning in. We we're leaning into that. This was this I'm, was a hard. I'm lean leaning into, into it. it hard. Oh my god, <laughs> he's crashing right into it. Yeah, I'm the Kool Aid Man, bitch. But wait a minute, we <laughs> talked about this before the show started. You were showing me the Bitcoin stuff. I didn't know we were going to talk about what. <laughs> okay, so first so, off, Coinbase raised uh, raises a hundred million at a one point six billion dollar uh, valuation. Is that am I saying that right? Yep. No, it's you just valuation. It. Valuation. That's, I thought. That's Anyways, what I said, but anyway, they raised over a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. Yeah. And, now the important part about this is the the Series D. Is that this was not a Series A or Series B or Series C. This is Series D funding, which makes them the first successful cryptocurrency company. Really? Hmm. Really, really. That's why there's the unicorn. Coinbase is considered the unicorn of the cryptocurrency marketplace because they have they have hit a valuation high enough and a late enough round of funding to validate a profitable business venture and which makes they, sense they, because they don't they don't make coins they don't mine right they don't that's do the that. thing they, 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 they don't they just have sell. anything right well, they they're, they're just a they, marketplace they just they just manage the transactions right right so crazy that's where i buy my crypto from yeah ditto yeah me, me too. too but they have a super nice website or easy to use website where the exchanges of the past were shady looking, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and they weren't a whole lot different. They were just the the CSS just wasn't great, <laughs> which <laughs> I mean speaks a lot to the value of just a good graphing library. Yeah. So to circle back around to uh, what Thomas was referring to. Um, you know, John and I have been toying around with Bitcoin for a while. John got me involved with it a, a couple of years back. And of course, you know, we stop investing and then Bitcoin blows up and it's like, okay, start investing again. But we, we'd gotten to a point where we were seriously kind of encouraging a couple of clients to start accepting Bitcoin that we were willing to accept payment in Bitcoin. Um, I mean, we were kind of toying around with the idea of going full-fledged Bitcoin. Now, keep in mind, I talked a couple of weeks ago, we're still evaluating this. One of those proof-of-concept projects I'm working on involves blockchain, which is the what Bitcoin runs off of. So blockchain is another technology that I think has a lot of value. But Bitcoin itself and what it is and its impact to the world as a whole... I think is significant. And I've always kind of been wishy-washy about the fact that my wallets were, were always online. And, and there's a name for that. I forget, John, you want to explain it a little bit? No, what's it? It's on, what's it's, it when, you just... when, 
It's yeah. like a soft wallet, right? That's what they're called yeah. when they're online. It's a soft wallet. Right. Yeah. So we've recently invested in hard hardware wallets. So now our Bitcoins are in our hand. Like we, they, we, we've taken them off the wire and they're now in our hand. And we, we have our Bitcoins now protected. <laughs> Until you lose that Now, <clears throat> can you... Can you hold that up to the screen so we can see the serial number on it? Yeah, it's right there. You see that? Yeah. This thing is awesome. So not that is, only, that is adorable. Not only do you need a, a, a pin to get into it, but you need to see the screen because the numbers, it's like a tic-tac-toe thing, and they randomize where the numbers are. So you're not you're not always hitting the same location on it. This thing is so cool. Now you just need to stick a beacon, a a low-power Bluetooth beacon on it so you can find it when you lose it. Yeah. And then a Zigbee module so that you can use it without having to take it out of your pocket. (laughs) So the the nice part is when you you do set it up, you you do get a 24-word seed so that if you lose it, you can recover your Bitcoin. You're not totally screwed. Yeah, but so. as soon as that seed is stored somewhere online, don't then... store it online. They they, they, they tell they you encourage... don't make any, don't even make a digital copy. Don't even take a picture of is... the paper you wrote it on. I have mine stored online. Yeah, so do I, but don't tell anybody. I put mine in Evernote. It's not online. It's in Evernote, which is you know, <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Ethereum has gone up fifty percent in the last week and a half. Is that good? Pretty happy about it. Fifty percent investment return. I thought, you I thought you weren't investing in it, though. I am. Oh. I am now. <laughs> well, I found out that I can spend ten dollars at a time without my wife noticing or noticing enough to complain. <laughs> so, I've been slowly building a small wallet for yeah, a video card that, purchase. That's what basically what Eric and I do. We just a, a tiny little bit. You just have it recurring and. We wish we would have done it back when uh, Bitcoin had dropped back down to two hundred dollars a coin. Yeah. Cause... Do you ever feel like you're embezzling from your family? Uh, <laughs> how do I answer that? <laughs> don't don't answer it. That's article number two that we don't answer on this list. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited about uh, Ethereum. Still really following it. I've managed to learn uh, absolutely zero Java this week. This you, you can store Ethereum on these, by the way, and well, uh, they're know. in beta. They're in beta with the Bitcash, Bit Bitcash. They're like a hundred bucks, though. Yeah, they're not cheap. But if you use Bitcoin that you have had for a long time, then you basically it's pays for itself. It's basically literally. free. Yeah, it's just the change in the couch, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, How'd you invest in that change so, when Bitcoin was only $100? So I'm actually going to a Bitcoin meetup next Thursday where they're going to do it, um, talk about Ethereum. And it's supposed to be for developers where they actually write a contract, show you how to interact oh. with the contract, show you some of the pitfalls of uh, contract writing. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I, I need to think I, about going to that. I'm jealous now. Yeah. I wish I had a reason to travel back to San Diego sometime soon. Yeah, but I don't. So I've been a, I've been a part of I've been a part of this meetup for a, a long time, and I just nothing has drawn me to go to their meetings. 
Because I'm. Do you I have a wave of like emotion? What? Do you have a wave of emotions, Jet Thomas? Yeah. I'm. I'm really. Really. Uh, surfing. I'm sorry, this John, dramatic John, are turn. you still talking? I'm sorry. No, I'm done. I, I was. Well I was over. trying to help Thomas out. No, we're well over our time. I think it's time to shut down. We are. Man, this is. A, this was a long show. It went by quick. I'm sweating. I need to turn my fan back on, so we need to wrap up. Gentlemen, I need to grab my fidget spinner. This is. Do we have a any, Do we have any last minute elements? And any last last minute? No. no Episode no. seventy one. I'm Eric Van Johnson. Uh, I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Wrightout. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. <laughs> Keep it ugly. Can't Keep possibly it make ugly. it easy for me. You have to make it Keep difficult. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.